Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I'm really excited. This is going to be, I think, one of our best episodes because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, referrals and, and referability, but in a really different way. And I think you're going to gain a ton from this. Today, we're talking with Michael Roderick. He helps thoughtful givers become thought leaders by helping them make their brands referable make their messaging memorable, and their ideas unforgettable. He's also the host of the podcast, Access to Anyone, which shows you how you can get to know anyone you want in business and in life using time-tested relationship building. Michael, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, so just to kind of go beyond the bio, give everybody a little bit of context for sure. how you got to this stage of your career. Yeah, so uh, I started out as a high school English teacher. And I went from being a high school English teacher to a Broadway producer in under two years. So uh, a lot of people were very curious as to how I had moved that quickly. And I also became curious as to what was the thing that was helping me sort of get in these doors and, 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 make, uh, and make all this stuff happen. So I started hosting workshops where I would simulate networking experiences. So I'd actually have people act out one-on-one -on -one meetings, job interviews, and cocktail parties. And when they would act them out, I started to notice a lot of patterns. And patterns are often the precursor to frameworks. So what I did was I started to develop frameworks around relationship building, which led to people reaching out to me and saying, hey, can you teach me more of this stuff? Uh, that led to me founding a conference for connectors that I ran for a couple of years, uh, bringing lots of connectors together. That led to the podcast. And while I was doing a lot of this work, what I found was that every single person that I was working with that had a relationship uh, building challenge also had a messaging challenge. And when I noticed that, I said, okay, what are those issues and how can we start to rethink, uh, rethink that? So that's where I started to focus on this idea of helping thoughtful givers become thought leaders. People, they're great at giving to others. They're great at supporting others. How do they package their ideas and turn them into referable brands? And that's uh, brought me to where I am today. Awesome. Well, we're going to have fun talking about all of that. Before we dive into those details, I, I'd love for you to just take a minute. And I know you've, you've built a successful business and I know that's not always a straight line, easy path to success, right? Yeah. What, what are some of the things that you found over the years have, have helped you kind of push through when things get tough? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things is the aspect of making sure that you are informing your network or about what you actually need. Uh, I think a lot of the time as entrepreneurs, when we are going through hard times, we have this tendency to sort of suffer in silence, right? And and go and think, well, you know, people will see me as being, you know, not as successful, or you know, uh, I'm going to look bad in front of others. But I have found that every single time that something's been really, really rough, uh, me reaching out and just educating my network and saying, like, this is what's going on, and this is where I could use support, that's always been the thing that is move the needle that's really kind of changed, uh, that, that's really kind of changed things. And it ties into another uh, concept, actually, uh, about content creation and sort of putting your ideas out there, which is this idea of giving yourself permission to suck. 
uh, there, there's just no possibility that every single thing that you put out is going to be polished and beautiful and wonderful. So if you stop worrying about that piece of perfection and you stop worrying about how is this going to sound and you just get out there and do it and get the feedback, you're going to do much, much better. So that's been, I'd say, one of the biggest things for me is always uh, just kind of giving myself that permission to put things out, even if it's not ready, and let the market uh, tell me if it's ready or not. Yeah, you know, I n- I've never connected the, those two phenomena. So I, I've been through those times where life wasn't exactly dealing me the best of cards. You know, I think we all do. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to be 50 in a few years. And, and the more I talk to my peers, the more we all realize that that's just the normal course of things, you know, yep. everybody goes through it. Um, whereas when I was younger, I probably wasn't as willing to talk about, you know, the, the difficulties. What I found, though, is that the times that I've gone through that, the, the immediate reaction, the immediate tendency is to withdraw and sort of become isolated. And, and it's the exact opposite of what you should do. But I, I think it's a totally natural, normal reaction because there's oftentimes when bad things are going on, there's some embarrassment and some, some uh, almost shame around it a lot of sure. times. Um, but I've never connected that with, with the second thought, which I think is brilliant, that you just have to get stuff out there sometimes. It's almost like the same thing. Even when, yep. even when you're the, the product and you're not quite ready yet because of whatever's going on, you've got to get yourself out there. Yeah. And in Broadway, we, you know, we, we often will say things like nobody really knows anything, right? Uh, so, you know, people will be like, oh, well, I think this show is going to be a hit or I think this show is going to be a hit. And you never know which show is going to be a hit. So you just got to put on the show <laughs> and see what the market tells you and, and, and what you can learn. So I've just always kind of adopted that, that model of you, you get it out there and you listen and then you can refine sort of that as you go. But if you never get it out there, uh, you know, you're going to have uh, a lot of uh, challenges. I think that's true with everything. Uh, I went through a period of time a few years ago, actually for four straight years, I wrote a daily email to our list every weekday. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the ones that I am most proud of, like I thought this is golden prose <laughs> dripping from my fingers, right? Yep. Nobody opened those. The ones yep. where I did it like in a super rush and it was, I thought, oh, God, I can't believe I'm sending this out. Those are the ones that got all the results. And you, you're right. You just never know. I think that that thought applies to so many things that we do, both in life and in business, that um, it, you know, it almost takes you to a point where the most important thing is just to ship a lot of stuff. Because in yep. the act of shipping a lot of stuff, you figure out what works. You, you never will know until then, right? Yeah. And the other thing is that if you were consistent, and you just keep putting things out there, you have a lot more to look at in regards to seeing patterns. And patterns are the precursor to frameworks. If you want to create your own content, you want to create your own material, you want your ideas to be out there in a much more significant way, you have to see what is the pattern of all the things that I've been talking about. And you can't do that if you've only written three posts. But if you've written a year's worth of posts, you can go back to those and you can see, oh, wow, these things really all line up under the same umbrella. So maybe I can just take this and turn this into a five-step process or create this, you know, um, you know, Venn diagram or any of those types of things. So just continuously putting that stuff out there gives you that opportunity to uh, see it in a much, much clearer way. 
I love that. I mean, we're, we're, we're recording this kind of at the beginning of the year. Uh, people are going to hear this in a, another week or two. So it'd still be close to the start of the year. I think that's probably some of the best advice that anybody could hear at this point, because you sort of get this fresh start, right? With the beginning of every yep. year. Now's your opportunity to go and create some consistency, particularly around getting your ideas out there, which I know has that that's the single biggest driver in our business. And I think you'd, you'd probably say the same for yours. Definitely. Uh, that, that's awesome advice. And I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks. Let's, let's take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more from Michael Roderick in just a second. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, welcome back. This is Steve Gordon, and I'm talking with Michael Roderick. And um, Michael, I appreciate what you shared with us before. And I, I think it ties in nicely to the work that you're doing around building a referable brand. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means when you say referable brand? Sure. So uh the idea really came from the fact that I was reading uh, this book called Breakthrough Advertising by Gene Schwartz, which is uh, one of the like top books that you can read if you're learning about copywriting and sort of understanding uh, the concepts of it. And one of the things that he brings up is this idea of sophistication of a market. So in the early stages, if you have a market that doesn't really know about the product and you say it's 50% off, people are just like, great, I'm going to buy. But then as more products come in and as more people kind of get it, all of a sudden now you need a little advertorial and now you need a, a five page sales page and all these different types of things. And what I noticed was that in the messaging world, people have become even more sophisticated. So we're starting to hit this point where because so many people have tried to teach others how to be different, all of these presentations of different is actually starting to become the same and starting to sound the same. So I started to think about is, okay, how do we think about our markets now that they're more sophisticated? And what I realized was the one thing that is not going to change and has never changed throughout history is people being willing to talk about our ideas and put our ideas in the hands of others. So that's where the idea of the referable brand came from, where I was basically like, okay, how do you take an idea or a concept and how do you make it easy for people to share and bring to other, to other networks? And the more I dug in, the more I found that there were three factors that kept popping up again and again and again. And that was accessibility, influence, and memory. And in many cases, we don't take the time to think about how we're actually making sure our message is accessible to people outside of our industry. Uh, in many cases, we don't think about the language that we use and how that can actually influence others and the network that we have and how that can influence others to share our stuff. But what's often forgotten about, I would say the most, is what memory devices, what mnemonic tools have we given somebody so that they can very easily just walk away and share our ideas. So for example, 
accessibility, influence, and memory spells the word AIM. So if I do that and somebody's listening to this, they are going to remember those three things because I've packaged it in such a way that it's easy to share. So that becomes in and of itself a referable brand. That sounds so simple. <laughs> Why aren't we all doing it? <laughs> um, because the most interesting thing is that simplicity is actually the hardest thing to accomplish. Uh, we have a tendency to overcomplicate the things that the things that we do because we want to be seen as different. We want to be seen as 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 cool and out there and all these different types of things. But when we try to be the the trendsetter, to be the disruptor, and all of these different types of things we lose the very first thing that actually gets people to the point where they trust us in the first place, which is accessibility. And there's this really interesting story about the song, Hey Ya, and it was covered in uh, um, the book, Power of Habit. And basically what happened was the song, when it first came out, everybody was turning the song off right away. And it was because the sound was just too new for the audience. And what they learned was that any time that we listen to artists whose songs kind of sound the same over and over and over again, we will listen all the way through. So what they started to do, which was genius, they played Celine Dion, then they played Hey Ya, and then they played Maroon 5. And what happened was over time, with sandwiching Hey Ya between these two very, very familiar songs, eventually Hey Ya became a familiar song, and that's why it became a hit. So it's too often, we try to sell our hey ya before we've actually given anybody our Celine. And we have to find our Celine. That, that aspect of figuring out like what is going to be the accessible hook, the thing that's going to get somebody to just listen before we introduce this, this new idea or this new concept is the thing that I see so many people miss out on and, and not think about because they don't want to sound like everybody else. But how are you going to hook your? How are you going to get your audience to understand what you're talking about if everything's too new? You have to give them something familiar to start with. So, so that's the first piece. Then it sounds like the accessibility piece. Yep. How, can you make that kind of practical? Do you, is there an example you can share with us that, that where somebody could look at it from a business perspective, how they might incorporate that? Sure. So, in many cases, there are container words and then there are content words right and container words help us to understand like which direction you're which direction you're going into so let's say you work in the field you work in the field of leadership but you're doing something very very different in that you know in that world if you try to come up with some like random term to call yourself like you know uh i teach leadership through uh magical thinking or something completely kind of random what's going to happen is people are going to be like i don't know what you're talking about so you have to give them an anchor and you have to say something along the lines of have you heard of servant leadership or the concept of servant leadership well what i do is i teach people how to get into the mind of the servant well, now it's like, okay, now I can follow the thread. But if you start from the, from the aspect of I am a, a, a structured servant leader master who teaches people how to live a more aligned life or whatever the heck, you know, they, they've learned how to package, 
people are going to look at you and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. We need an anchor to start with. Without an anchor, we're probably not going to listen to the rest. You know, I, I used to talk about copywriting and use, use the metaphor of it, if you do it really well and you, you craft a message that somebody can, can latch onto, it's like they're walking along on the beach and you walk up kind of beside them. And you walk together for a little while, and then you slowly convince them to change their direction. Mm. And that's almost like what you're talking about. Yep. You're walking up with, you know, matching the direction that, that they're going and their thinking is going and with something that's familiar. And then you're, you're taking that and then starting to take a, a nice, easy turn towards where, where you want them to go. Yeah. Is and another thing about it. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And another thing is pay attention to when somebody says what they think you are, even if you disagree, because that tells you what the anchor is. So if you're describing the work that you're doing, they're like, oh, yeah, that's like personal branding. Don't stop them and be like, no, I don't do personal branding. I do da 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 da. Say, okay, that's an anchor. That's something I can use. I can say, well, have you heard of personal branding? I think about it this way. Yeah, I love that. So that's the first piece. Yep. That's A. Yes. That's accessibility. That's accessibility. All right. So what, where do we go from there? So with influence, uh, and if uh, you've ever read the book Influence by Robert Cialdini, he points out a lot of just fascinating things that cause us to act the way that we do, often without us even realizing it, right? So there's, uh, there's the idea of scarcity, where it's like, if we feel like there's not enough, we'll like be more likely to go for it. There's the concept of social proof, where if it looks like somebody is associated with Forbes or Inc., we're like more likely to go on their podcast. There are all these things that influence us, that cause us to want to do something. So most of the time when we're thinking about our ideas and our content, we're not thinking about how are we structuring it in such a way that they'll actually do something. And if we do this and we really think about what do I want somebody to do when they read this material? What do I want somebody to do when they read my email, when they uh, listen to what I'm uh, creating? then we can start to layer in those elements that influence people and that cause them to want to, that cause them to want to do something, to want to create some kind of, uh, some kind of action. A lot of the time when people are putting their message out there, they're doing a talk or they're doing a presentation and people listen to it. They say, Oh, well, that's kind of nice. But if there is nothing that causes you to say, I need to tell that to my friend or I need to do that for myself, then that's a talk that you can just kind of throw away because it was interesting. It was, you know, cool little story, but what am I going to do with this? So the more that you can build in elements of influence and really think about how do you get people to do something with the material that you're giving them. That's what's going to actually move the needle, make more people share it, make more people actually move forward. So even to your point where you said, can you give us a concrete example of accessibility that instantly makes the description of accessibility more influential because now people are going to go and they're going to look at the, their tagline, they're going to look at the way that they're presenting their, themselves, and they're going to ask, am I doing that? And they're going to do something with this information. 
which means they're going to be influenced to actually make something make something happen. So how how when you think about how you're going to build this messaging to kind of engineer it to spread mm -hmm. and be shared, what are some of the influence triggers that you lean on the most? So a lot of the time what I do is I lean on the aspect of how easy is it going to be to share. And the metaphor that I like to use is the pile of apples versus a bag. So if I hand you a pile of apples and I say walk across the room, you are very likely going to drop an apple, especially if I'm giving you a large pile. But if I take a bag and I put all of those apples in a bag and I say walk across the room, there is no way that you're going to drop the apple. So most of the time when we're creating a message, what we do is we overcomplicate it in terms of how much people have to remember. So when we simplify it, and we make it a simple thing for them to remember and share and send over to their friends and help their, you know, what happens is it becomes that much more influential and that much more easy to spread. So if we want folks to actually share our material, we have to give them something that they can walk away with and actually just do. And the example that I, I, I've used in the past is if you've ever seen the Simon Sinek, the famous Start With Why talk. One of the main reasons why that talk is so easy to share with people is that everybody can draw that circle and look smart in front of their friends. Like that's, you know, that is a, a very quick like cocktail party napkin kind of thing. That's not a complicated diagram. That's not a 14 step process. That's something super, super simple that people can easily just, just share. And most of the time when we think about our content and our material, we are trying to overload people with too much information. So there are, I could go miles into the world of accessibility with you. We could talk about all sorts of ways that people think about accessibility. I could talk about all sorts of different ways to think about influence. I could talk about all sorts of different ways to think about memory. But if I went through five or six different examples of accessibility in this interview, and I went through a bunch of different examples of influence, and I went through a bunch of different examples of memory, what happens? People won't remember it and people won't use it. But if they have something super simple, super simple, simple example that they can use and something easy for them to remember and share, like pile of apples versus the bag, they're significantly more likely to pass that information on and to talk about it. You know, it's funny. We all want all the strategies. Mm -hmm. We want to know everything. But if you don't have any around this particular topic, all you need is one. Yeah. Okay, dear listener, you just need the first one. And, yep. and Michael's giving them to you. It's a great place to start. Um, and, you know, I, I love that. You got me thinking here. I, we, we just started publishing a whole series of articles. I'm like, oh no, I got to go back. I got to edit. <laughs> so uh, so well, there'll be some editing work coming up here for me. But uh no, this is really good. So, Thanks. so that's the second piece is, is influence. Yeah. So tell us about the third piece. Yeah. So memory, the thing that we often forget about in regards to memory is that we only remember things because we create anchors for ourselves. So right now, if you were to look around the room, there are items in this, in your room that when you look at it, you're going to remember all sorts of things that happened in your life and it's going to trigger all sorts of, all sorts of thoughts for you. If you have a favorite coffee mug, 
that coffee mug is going to remind you of that, you know, meeting that you had, that dinner that happened, like all these things are going to sort of blow up in your, in your mind, right? And we create anchors all over the place. So sometimes it's a TV show that brings back tons of memories. Sometimes it's a song that brings back tons of memories. Sometimes it's a place that we've been to that brings back tons of memories. So if we are trying to get people to remember our material, what we want to do is we want to get them to have memories. We want to get them to feel certain, certain emotions. So the thing is, I can say how to be better. I can, write a t I can write a subject line that's like how to be better at marketing and nobody cares, right? Because that's boring. You're not going to remember that. Everybody's going to think like, okay, fine. Like how do I be better at marketing? But if I say, if I have a subject line that says why Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is winning, and then I talk about the fact that he, his latest commercial for Aviation Gin is an absolutely genius way to comment on the industry, which very, very few people have done, then all of a sudden you're like, you're thinking about the time you watch Deadpool, you're thinking about the Kevin Smith movies, all of these things are bubbling up for you because I just triggered all of your memories about Ryan Reynolds, so you're going to remember my example. You're going to remember what I talked about because now it ties to you. Now it's about you. And so often we don't get specific when it comes to the memory devices that we give people. And if we give them something that triggers a bunch of memories, then they are much more likely to share our ideas and share our content. If I, you go back to the Simon Sinek example, he didn't talk about, I'm Simon Sinek and here are my ideas. He talked about this is why Steve Jobs was successful and this is why Martin Luther King was successful. So for every single person in that audience, they were thinking about their own memories of Steve Jobs and their own memories of Martin Luther King. So of course they wanted to go and talk about it at a cocktail party because somebody's going to mention Steve Jobs. At, at that time, somebody was going to mention Steve Jobs at a cocktail party. Or somebody was going to mention Martin Luther King. They weren't going to mention Simon Sinek at that time. But now they were because of that association. Well, and what's interesting in that example is you're not just creating the, the memory effect that you talk about, but like in the Simon Sinek example, now it's, you know, it's not Simon's idea. Yep. It's got the authority of Steve Jobs and Martin Luther King Jr. Yep. Yep. Which ties back to influence. And the, and the thing that is most important to understand about this particular framework is that it is a framework that you use as a way to layer to create more compelling messages, right? So if you're trying to create a referable brand, you want to look at, well, what are the elements of accessibility that I'm using? What are the elements of influence that I'm using? What are the elements of memory that I'm using? And how you layer those things, what you do more of, what you do less of to see what's really taking off, what's really working. And again, that's the difference between, you know, everybody else is doing 50% off and this is you writing a seven page sales letter, right? Because you are coming up with this, ultra complicated way of, you know, breaking everything down and really coming up with your own thing 
that you can say like, this is my intellectual property because you are piecing those things together in a way that nobody else is going to piece them together because nobody else has had your experiences. Nobody else is seeing the world in the same way that you're seeing them. So if you start to layer these ideas and these concepts on, then all of a sudden your stuff is just so much more easy to refer because you're using all of these tools as opposed to just one. It occurs to me there's a danger on uh, with the memory part. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if, if I'm overblowing this or not, but mm-hmm. you brought up the, the example of Ryan Reynolds. Yep. I can't remember the last Ryan Reynolds movie I saw. Now, if yep. you were talking to my wife, instant. Like, yep. you know, she would know, right? Yep. Um, but if you were using that to try and sell to me, I kind of know who he is and maybe I've seen the commercial. So yep. is there a danger in which triggers you choose? There's not necessarily a danger in the triggers, but there is a level of effectiveness that will that will hit in regards in regards to that. So it and it really comes down to this idea of how sophisticated is your audience to the the things that are important to you. Right? So I'm a big, big comic book fan. So a lot of the people that read my stuff know that I'm going to geek out over certain like Marvel ideas or, or con- like old school comic concepts, etc. But the thing is, I'm not just writing an email where it's like, here is this, uh, you know, comic book story. I'm writing a story and I'm teaching a lesson with that story. So it doesn't really matter if the person isn't a fan of that character or that particular thing because there's always the possibility that they'll be a fan of the message that comes out of the story. And I always tell when if you want to build a following, the most important thing that you can do is tell a story and teach a lesson. Because so, so often we don't take the time to help people understand why are you reading this thing in the first place? And there are many, many instances where we've read an article or we've gone through something where we're like, why did I even read that? What was the, you know, what was the purpose? And when you start to tie things up for people, it also becomes memorable. And think about any moment uh, where you're watching television and let's say you're watching a series and all of those little threads and all of those pieces that you were watching start to come together towards the end of that season Think of how satisfying that is. Think of how exciting that is. So when you're tying those things together for everybody and they're seeing that, they're they're going along for the ride in some cases. And in some cases, they're like, wow, well, you know what? I'm going to go watch that Ryan Reynolds video to see what I can learn, even though I don't really know him or or understand sort of what, what he's about, because there might be something there that I can learn for my own marketing or for my own messaging. So it's almost as if you, for those who it doesn't hit home with immediately, if you do it well, you create curiosity. Yes. You can almost go build that memory in a different way. You can go build that memory for them. Yep, exactly. Very cool. So Michael, this is fascinating. I I think I could probably stand here and talk with you the rest of the afternoon on this. I doubt our calendars will will allow that. Though. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, where can people kind of continue the conversation? How can they find you, learn more about what you're doing and, and get in Sure. Um, so I'm, uh, my website is smallpondenterprises.com. 
and if they go on there, there's a download called Hang With Your Heroes uh, that kind of breaks down some of this, like, as you're reaching out to people, how do you think about this particular process? And when you sign up there, uh, you get an invitation to sign up for my daily email. And on my daily email, I dig into all of these topics. And I talk about a lot of these different uh, frameworks and new things I'm thinking about. Uh, they're also welcome to check out the podcast, access to anyone podcast.com. A lot of, uh, a lot of fun stuff on there as well. Uh, and I'm pretty accessible. I'm on all the socials. I'm, I'm on the book of faces. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you know, so they can always feel free to reach out there and more than happy to chat. Really good. Yeah. We'll link up to all of those locations as well in the show notes. So if you're driving and you couldn't write that down, just go to unstoppableceo.net and look for this episode with Michael and, and we'll have it all linked there for your convenience. So uh, Michael, thanks for being here. This has been a lot of fun. I've learned a ton. Uh, you got my wheels spinning for sure. And I know awesome. you've done the same for everybody listening. So thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.